Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Broncos podcast. I'm Chris Braden. Alongside me, as always, really, let's be honest, the reason that you're even listening to this, Ray Crockett, former Denver Bronco, uh, Bronco legend. Ray, how you doing today, buddy? Good, bro. I'm good, man. Well, I mean, under the current circumstances, I'm good, as as good as I can be. Um, I'm going to try to be somewhat positive. I've got all... We've had, what, um, seven, eight days, good seven days since last Thursday. There's actually a Thursday night game tonight that I'm uh, that I'm interested in seeing. So with that being said, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to look, I'm going to relieve myself and, and somewhat be positive if I can. If OK, I can. so can I let me ask you a question, because I am just dying to ask you this question since you played. You have a you have a, a different perspective than I do, obviously. Right. The the score was fourteen to seventeen. Um, it never felt that close, even when the Broncos' offense came out in the second half. And you know what? It might be the first time this year that we saw him come out of the locker room. I don't think they really changed much, but they executed better. <laughs> But bro, it never sounded like bro. a close game at all, really, to be honest with you. Well, well, here, here's the thing. There's just two, for me anyway, you're right, first and foremost. I'm going to say that right off the bat. You're right. It never felt that close. And the reason why is this, in my opinion, as fans, which I am now, I, I include myself in that world as a fan. And as fans, when a team takes the ball and runs it down your throat the first drive and go right down the field and score, you almost feel like you don't have a chance because the first thing that comes up is what? Oh, sheesh. Here we go again. Same old Broncos. You know, and, and when that happens, you're looking for one, an answer mm-hmm. or two hope. Right. <laughs> and we didn't and we didn't get either one out of our drive. So when they go down and score on us and we get the ball and we didn't really do anything, that that feels the same. And right. and, and, and from that point on, then they score again, and you just feel like regardless. If it ended up close, you just feel like ah, it, it's just not a game. You know, it's not a game. So, so I think that's what happened. And and the big telltale thing is is for a player and for a fan, 
this is the one thing I will say that it's very consistent in, in my time as a player and in my time as a fan, which is kind of crazy. I've almost had similar times. I've been retired now as a fan, a true fan, for about 17, 18 years. I was a player for 14 years. So, so it's pretty close, you know what I'm saying, as my time. And the consistent thing is this. The one demoralizing thing that anybody can do to you as a player on defense is running the ball down your throat. The one demoralizing thing that any team can do to you as a fan is watch a team run the ball down your throat. It just feels demoralizing. It feels like you don't have a freaking chance. And when you get a guy that rushes for 6.6, hear me loud and clear, not, not one carry, not two carry, not three carry, but 22 carries for an average of 6.6 yards a carry. That is demoralizing mm-hmm. from any point of view that you look at it. That's why the game didn't feel close. Is because anytime we felt like we were getting momentum, they just turned around and gave him the ball and he stuffed it down our throat. I think as a Bronco fan, um, I even think they brought this up on the on the broadcast. Your Denver Broncos that you played on, yes, we had Terrell Davis, but also, you know, you had guys like Orlandis Gary and then Mike Anderson, guys, and I think they brought it up that, you know, the Denver Broncos used to do this. And I'm like, yeah, they did. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and I'm telling you, as a player, I would hear from the other teams. As a player, you know, as a player, don't, don't get it twisted. We go to battle for 60 minutes between mm-hmm. whites. But in the offseason and after the game, a lot of us are friends. Yep. A lot of us are, are friends with one another. So let's not get that twisted. Just because you guys, and I say you guys in this factor because I would never be this type of fan. Right. I'm never going to hate anybody for rooting for some another team. I right. could care less who your team is. You know, you can root for the Raiders. You can root for Cincinnati. You can root for Pittsburgh. You can root for the Cowboys. I'm still, if you're a good guy and a good person and and I like you, you're going to be cool with me on all levels. So that's the one part of the fan, the fanatic part that I don't get. And I I don't get it either. Yeah. And I never will get that. You will never see me in the stands throwing punches at a fan because they like another team. None of that shit. Excuse my language. It's true. Yeah, I don't get that. I, I've never get. I've never gotten the fanatic part of. I, I'd never be that. But as far as you know, during the game, oh, it's all on. I'm betting. I'm, I'm cussing. I'm fussing. I'm doing the whole night. You know, I'm pissed off. I'm the whole night. But after the game, it's over. So that's the way we were as players. And as right. players, going back to your point from the other team in the past, they would say that. They would say like, man. We thought we had a chance, but every time we got close, y'all just turn around and get a ball to TV, run it right down our throat. That's how demoralizing it is because we talk about it. So that's why that game never felt close because every time we thought we had a shot, they just turned around and gave the ball to the running back. He running it down our throat, you know, and, and that's what pissed me off more than anything because that, that speaks volumes on two levels. And let me, let me tell you what those levels are. Okay. One, from a Cleveland standpoint, 
they watched film, and there was something because let's 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 set the stage, okay? Let's set the stage first. The stage is set. Baker is out. Case Keenum is in. We know Case Keenum. We know who he is. We know we've seen that show before. You know, it's like going to the movies. I've seen that show, and as bad as I close my eyes and want to say there's going to be a different ending, no, it's not. I know that show. So I know that movie. I, I know that movie very well. So for Cleveland to have the audacity to say, we're just going to run the ball down their throat. That means they saw something on film. That coach saw something on film that said these guys, one, don't have the system to stop our running back, stop our run game, or two, they don't have the players, or three, they don't have the want to to tackle the ball. Mm-hmm. And all three of those things spell bad news for us as a team. And that's what pisses you off. That's why it's so demoralized, because as players, that's what we look at. They want either think that we're not tough enough, that from a physicality standpoint, we don't want it, you mm-hmm. know, that we'll turn it down, or our scheme just sucks. And if you look at put those three things together, that spells disaster for a football team. You know, yeah. you're right, and it was a good game plan by the Browns because, yeah, the 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 biggest beat up part of that Denver defense is the middle linebackers. But right. I will tell you something kind of you know what I was upset and frustrated as a fan, but also I kept looking at Dernis Johnson and being like, you know what? How cool is it that this guy gets his chance and he's making the most of it? I mean, it was For frustrating sure. as a fan, but like as just a fan of of people. Watching him take advantage of his opportunity was right. just amazing to me because you don't ever you don't see that very often. And, and, and that's true. And see, and that's the part about it that that really is crazy is that. And that's the part I like about being a fan, because right. at the same time, just like you just said, at the same time, I'm pissed off that this guy is having a day, but I'm happy that this guy is having a day. You know, <laughs> right. And and, and and that's that's the part of being a fan that's hard. You know, being a fan like I am. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because I'm a fan that have clear vision. I'm a fan that 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 wants good for other people. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas when you're a fan that, that just care about your team, you don't you don't like this guy at all. You know, you right. don't want this guy to have a day. Well, I'm not that type of fan. I'm a fan that, that I, I want good for people. And and that's a guy that I want good for. That's a guy that I I just freaking hate he had a day on us that his name had to be DeErnest when we had no D. <laughs> he should have, yeah. He could have just I, been Ernest. Take that yeah, D out of I there. Just, I just wanted his name to be Ernest against us. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted us to bring the D, you know. Yeah. But we, we didn't bring any D. <laughs> so he got, he got to spell his full name out against us, which... I did. I just wanted him to be regular old Ernest, you know, exactly. and, and, and 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 let us play the D. And, but we did. We brought no D. So so when I go back and I look at this game, man, when it's when it's ten to nothing for the first half, it it, it just felt you know it felt like we had you know you scored ten points in the first quarter against our defense. You run the ball down our throat. As a fan, 
Yeah. Even though we came back and put up a little bit of fight at the end, you know, and the defense got better at the end, they only gave up three points, you know, in the second half. And, and you know, I mean, uh, they only gave up seven points in the second half. They gave up 10 the first quarter, and, and they kind of got them under control. And then the fourth quarter, you know, we still had a chance. But you're right, it just felt like we did because every time we got close, they would just turn turn and have a good run game drive, run out, you know, run time off the clock, which mm. is what they planned on doing, and and it just and it just didn't feel good. And, and I go back to that demoralizing stat of of six point six yards a carry. I mean, they had one running back, you know, Kelly only got the ball twice, but he averaged six point five. Felton only got the ball twice, but he averaged six point five. You know, and and then. D. Ernest, you know, the, the, the guy that, that we don't want to, you know, like, but I love. <laughs> he had 6.6, you know, so it's just like, man, when you look at that, it, it's, it's to play good defense here, I, I'll explain it to you since I'm a defensive guy, which Fangio is supposed to be, so he's supposed to know this as well, you know. First thing you have to have is great scheme. Mm-hmm. Second thing you have to have is, is players. That, that fit that scheme. Third thing you have to have is tough physical players, players all around that will play. That's the one thing that, that I will say about our defense. You know, we finished in the top five both years, you know, even though we don't get credit for it, of course, because then you only talk about Elway, Terrell Davis, Shannon Shaw, Rod Smith, Ter- you know, Ed McCaffrey. That's the, that's the names you hear. When you talk about those back-to-back Super Bowls, sometimes Steve Atwater, of course, you know, with him being in the Hall of Fame. But our defense finished in the top five of the of the NFL both years. You know, so so we were we were a I think we finished number three or number two one year. So we were a tough defense and we created turnovers. That's the one thing that you never hear about mm-hmm. our back-to-back championship. We were number one and number two creating turnovers those two years. So we gave our offense back the ball, even though we had all those star players. They got extra times at the, you know, they got extra possessions to do their thing, and they and they used them well. Even in the Super Bowl, go back to the first Super Bowl we won. We got three turnovers in that game. We had two yep. interceptions. We had a fumble recovery. Actually, we got four turnovers. I think we had two interceptions. Maybe we had a fumble recovery, and we had a fumble on the uh, on special teams. So we gave them the ball four times in that game. So, so let's not be mistaken that the defense showed up and played their part. So w- w- what I'm trying to say is that's what we're not doing as a team. Physicality. I don't see, I don't see tackling. And let me explain to y'all what tackling is. Like even against the, the biggest, the best running backs, tackling is want to. You know, Jamal Anderson, uh, Jerome Bettis, all those big guys that you know that I had to tackle. I had to make up my mind the night before that if those guys come around that corner, I want to get them down. It, yeah, it may yeah. not be pretty, it may not look good, but I want to get them down. So I had to say, I want to stick my head in here and make this tackle on my shoulder or my leg or whatever it t- took to get them down. I don't see that. I don't see the want to from our defense. Whenever a guy, three guys run for 6.5, 6.6 yards per carry, that is want to. You got to want to hustle your butt over there. You got to want to stick your head in there. You got to want to be physical. 
A coach can't teach you that. So we can blame the coaching staff on a lot of stuff, but we can't blame them on one, two. That comes strictly from a player. That comes strictly from Justin Simmons and, and whoever else, Darby and whoever else saying, if this big sucker come around here tonight, I'm going to tackle him. I'm, a, I'm going to do it. That is something you have to look. And I'm not going to lie to you when I say this, Chris. I look myself in the mirror many a night and say, I'm a bad man. I'm going to tackle this guy. I'm going to get this guy down. I'm not 180. I'm 205 pounds. You know, I had to talk myself into it. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, but you got to get the guy down on the ground. So I, I didn't see the want to from our defense. And then the last thing is fit. Fit. There's, there's, there's certain parts of a defense where you have to make sure we are fitting where we're supposed to be. Defense is all about fit, flow. That means the front side has to fit in the gaps that they're supposed to be in. The back side has to flow. That means move laterally. So if he tries to cut back, we're in position to make the play. The back side can't run and fit. You can't run fast and fit in the gap because if he cuts back, then he's out the back door. So the front side has to fit, meaning go forward and fit. The back side has to go lateral and flow. That is what good defense is about. I didn't see, I saw us, some of the guys running in the same gap. It is week six. It's week six. You have an A, B, C, D. It's kind of how those gaps look. Or some teams go one, two, three, four. You know, gap one, two, three, four. I saw two guys in gap two. I saw two guys in gap three sometimes. I saw two guys in one, which is outside. I saw two guys. You can't have that. You can't not have a scheme where guys don't know where they're supposed to fit and where they're supposed to flow. It's week six. It's too late for that. Do you think if you're George Payton, it's funny because I, I kind of wanted to address this with you. If you're George Payton, do you feel like you did everything you possibly could for Vic Fangio to make this defense uh, the Hell way that yeah. Vic wanted it? Hell okay. yeah. I mean, you went out and bought a secondary. You would have mm-hmm. paid for a secondary. You paid Justin. You brought Jackson back. You went and got Darby. You went and got Fuller. You went and drafted Sertan. I mean, and that was supposed to be our weak link last, you know, the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And everybody was passing on us. So, hell, they people was calling it the no-pass zone two or no-fly zone two or whatever you want to call it. No-fly no, no fly zone point, you know, point two. So, you tell me our defense is suspect, our secondary is suspect, then I'm going to go get you. Now, you got to make these guys play. I go, look, it, it, it's, it's Parcells made a, a famous quote of that when you're going shopping, when you're in a relationship or whatever, you're going shopping, sometimes I want to pick the groceries too. You know, sometimes I, I, I want to help pick the groceries, meaning a GM and a coach has to be on the same page. If the GM is going to go shopping and go go prepare the meal, but you want me to cook the meal, then I need to tell you what I cook best, what I like to cook best. Don't go get steak and I'm a chicken cooker. You know, <laughs> don't, don't go get steak and I cook seafood better because the steak ain't going to be as good. You know, we need to partner in this. And I felt that's what they did. I felt that Fangio had a hand in picking the groceries. So now cook the damn meal. Fangio, I'm waiting on a good meal. And we haven't gotten a good meal yet. So 
I, I can't blame that on Pat. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put that part on Fangio. I went and bought the groceries you told me you needed, right? That's what your wife would tell you, right? Your wife would say, honey, what do you want to cook tonight? And you say, baby, this is what I need you to go get. Well, guess what? When she bring those groceries home, she expecting you to cook a kick-ass meal. If that yes. meal sucks, she's yes. going to blame it on you, right? If that meal yes, sucks, she's going to blame it. Right. So there it is. That's where we are. We, we, need, so, we need a kick-ass meal. I wanted to address this, too, because... I think Von Miller took some undue criticism this week. He put himself out there. I think he was trying to rally the troops in a way, and he basically called his shot. And he's been taking a little bit of hit this week within the Denver media. But Cleveland was ready for him. They were double teaming him, chipping him every oh, they time. Chipped him, they chirped him. They, they cracked back. I mean, but you know yes. what, though? When you put yourself out there, mm. out there like that, and especially – from a defensive end standpoint, they can shut you up. Mm-hmm. It, it'd be one thing if it was going to be a fair. It's like in boxing, okay? It's like in boxing. If, Chris, you come up to me and you say you're going to fight me Saturday night and I look at you on film and I see I'm a kick, I can kick your ass, I'm going to tell you, Chris, I'm going to kick your ass. Like, don't even try this, dude. I'm, I'm really going to kick your ass, Right? I can yeah. say that. But then if you can bring your brother and your cousin into the ring and all of a sudden all three of y'all show up, that's not fair. That's, that's not true. fair. All of a sudden now, I said I was going to kick your ass. I didn't say I was going to kick all y'all ass. Now, now he said he was going to kick the tackle's ass. Yeah. Now, the tackle had a running back chippy, had a tight end chip. He brought a couple of his brothers with him. It's not mm-hmm. a fair fight. So uh, that's just the way I look at it. It's not a fair fight. It's simple you know, as that. You know, for me, I just, I was like, you know what? Finally, you know what I mean? That's when I heard him talking, I was like, man, I love this. And it didn't pan out. It is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, and, and there's been many of boxers who said they was going, you know, Wilder said he, he was going to kick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to bring up that fight. <laughs> but, but I'll just say Wilder did say he was going to win that fight. He but did. it didn't pan out. But it didn't pan out. It did not pan out. So we'll just leave it at that. But at the end of the day, yes, I, I like it, you know, when a guy speaks what he speaks and he believes in it and he goes out there. Even though it was an unfair fight, it still didn't work out. But the one thing that happens, going back to, to, to myself and your analogy, when you bring your brothers – I'm allowed to be my brothers. Yeah. So that's that's where the fight ended. That's where the fight didn't pan out the way it should have was because I don't feel his brothers supported him. They watched him, you know, get hit a couple of extra times by by you know the Cleveland brothers, but but our brothers didn't step up. So I guarantee you, if you put your brother in, my brothers jump in. Oh, it's gonna be some hands thrown. <laughs> my brother's gonna throw some hands. So that's that's I, I just take it back to that. I try to make it as simple as I can in my analogies of football so the world can understand it and react. Bud talked his talk. Cleveland was prepared for him. I just don't think our defense. I mean, dude, I cannot say this any more clear than I'm saying. Six point six yards of carry is demoralizing. 
I don't care who you are. That is that is like a boxer. You hit him once, he hits you three times every time. You hit him once, he hits you three times. By that 12th round, you done hit him 12 times and he done hit you 36? Dude, at, <laughs> at some point, it just don't feel good. It doesn't feel good. So that's, that's just how I look at that game, man. Whenever you let a team average over six yards and carry, I I will almost say I'm not a I'm not into uh, analytics and all of that stuff. Right. My eyes my eyes do the most of my talking and do the most of my football stuff is my eyes and my mind and I'm pretty good at it. But from an analytics standpoint, I think if you look up and say. If a team averages over six yards with more than 20 carries, I would say it's in the 90 percentile that they win in the game. I would yeah. say that. I would venture out to say that without even doing one, one down or one instance of analytics, I would say probably 95 percent that team is winning the game. So, Ray, let's move over to we talked we've talked about this. We've we beat this dead horse. So the Broncos had, we had 14 rushing attempts, two by Teddy. So let's take those out. We had a total of 12 rushing attempts in a game that comes out 17 to 14. The Denver Broncos abandoned the run. Once again, Javante Williams, he didn't average 6.6, but he was averaging five yards a carry. He had four carries for 20 yards. See, that's, that's the deceiving part, though. That's what's deceiving, and that's where I come back to the analytics part of it. Don't give me a guy that's averaging five yards and carry only have four carries. Mm-hmm. If you don't run, and, and, and like you said, you, you look at us, we ran the ball 12 times. That's not enough. Mm-hmm. They ran the ball 28 times for mm-hmm. over six yards of carry. That's a whole different being when you average four yards, four carries for five yards. Hell, I can do that today. I can do that at 54. I can go out and average four carries for five yards. Now, if you give it to me 12 times, those carries are going to, those yards are going to dribble down. I'm probably going to average 1.1 or 0.4. But give me four carries, I get you five yards at 54 years old. So that's the difference is, is you have to have a mindset. And I said this before. I don't know what we are. We have not developed an attitude, or we don't have who we are. What is our identity? I, I say this week in and week out. That's the problem with Shermer that I have with his play call. I don't know what the hell you're doing. I need to know what our identity is. Right. And our team needs to know what I knew what our identity was when we played, when I played. Shanahan told us every week what our identity was. We we're going to be a physical bunch of son of a bitches. That's our identity on offense and on defense. It's going to start off with physicality. So we knew that Terrell Davis was going to get that ball come hell or high water. So that's the one thing that I don't think our players know. They don't know. And when players don't know what their identity is supposed to be, this is what you get. This is what you get. You get four yards, you know, for five, four carries for five yards. But we don't know what our identity is. Sherman has not proved that he can put a game plan together that shows what our identity is. That's why people are calling for his head right now. 
We just need to know who are we? What are we? And, and so far, we don't know. And I think, to be honest with you, I don't know if we'll ever know. I think uh, George Payton's got Not his, under this regime. <laughs> yeah, George Payton's got his mind made up on what he's going to do, whether he's going to do anything during the season. You know, that remains to be seen. But, I mean, I think, you know, I'm Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer both kind of proved out what they are. And, you know, I'm, I never root for anyone to lose their job, but, you know, I can see – that it's not good enough. And, and the identity thing is just weird to me because Pat Shermer is like the throw it down the field guy. And he called one of those plays. He knew Teddy was beat up and what happened? Like, I mean, like, why are we even doing that? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. That being said, and, and I'm not an OC. Right. But, he, but here's the thing though, as well, is that any good OC that's worked his weight in gold, has the ability to change. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a good OC, you have to adapt. And and I go back to this again. Our AQ sucks. Our our adaptability during games, our adjustability during games, whatever A you want to use, adapt or adjust, sucks. And that is that is directly on a coach. Right. It's when you don't have the ability to adjust or adapt during the game. That part is on the coach because that is what you're supposed to be prepared for. You have the first 15. Every team has it. Every team has. This is what we think we're going to be able to do against this team. Let's put our first 15 plays out there. That's what I'm talking about, fans. When I say the first 15 Denver Bronco country, I mean every coach in the league has its first 15. And as a defensive player, I know that whatever I see this team doing their first 15 plays, this is what they think they can do against us. Mm-hmm. And we have to adjust and defeat that. When, when, when you go back and you look at the Cleveland Browns' first 15 plays, they ran the ball down our damn throat. So yep. that's what they felt they could do. So as a defense, we got to say, hold up. That's what you think we are? That's what you think about us? You think you can run this damn ball down our throat because 10 or or nine out of your first 15 plays were runs? Oh no, no, this not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. We're gonna make you change that. We're gonna and we did. And that's what I mean as a team, as adjustability and, and adaptation. That's what I mean that you gotta adapt, you gotta change. What you think you're gonna do, you're not gonna be able to do it. So I gotta see what you got up your sleeve. For your second 15, what you were thinking. Because now you're going to have to change. We don't change. <laughs> Sherman shows what he's going to do his first 15. It seems like that's what he does the whole damn game, whether it's working or not. And that sucks for a fan. That sucks for a player. So I guess uh, moral of the story is uh, the Broncos gave Dernis Johnson a nice little career. We don't know if it's two years, three years, four years. We got that going. And uh, – we have a new catchphrase from Case Keenum. Uh, you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. That's what I took out of that game, and that's what's going to live forever. And that sucks that Case Keenum was able to talk shit. <laughs> you know, right? I mean, that sucks. Me. That sucks. And that part does suck. Now, I will say that. I don't care who you are as a fan. That part sucks. And, and, and when I go to defense, man, when I go to defense, the big thing that shows up, for me against our defense 
is that we we didn't put them in any pressure situations because all I see on our defense is zero 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 interceptions, zero fumble cause fumbles, zero fumble recoveries, zero zero zero, and zero sacks. I see one sack. So when you see a game and you look at defense and stats, and you see zero in the sack category, one sack. We had one. Had uh, Shelby Harris had one. Zero interceptions. Zero forced fumbles, zero fumble recoveries. Once again, I'm not an analytics guy, but I would say 98% of those games, you lose when I see all those zeros in those categories. You lose. So let's uh, move on this week. The Denver Broncos at home against the Washington football team. And uh, Ray, you probably already know this because you're in Dallas right now. Let me just read these stats off because they're hysterical. And I think we all kind of knew this might happen. We got the Cowboys up at top at five and one, but everybody else, Washington, the Eagles, Giants, all at two and five. The Washington football team coming in to mile high with a three game losing streak. Man, come on. Like you, you said, come on last week. If you, if I look at this game, no, no, what I said last week was damn, yeah, and and and, and I'd be damned if they didn't come out and beat us. So, yes, they did. Yeah, so <laughs> and and it's and it's you know, damn. I'm gonna say it one more time. Now I like Hank, you know, I, I like him. And that's how you pronounce his name, right? The I is Salad. Right. That's like Hanky or something. Hanky, yeah, Hanky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his, yeah. He moves in his eye moves in silence like lasagna. Okay, I got it. Okay, Hanky. <laughs> <laughs> Hanky. He's a real cheat. All right, Hanky. Okay, I, I like Hanky. Now, I, I will mm-hmm. say that I, I like his fire. Mm-hmm. I, I like I like that that he he seems to command his team. Like his yeah. team, even though they haven't won, his team will rally around him and play some ball. Like last, I mean, his defense, the defense was having major problems early, especially the defensive line. What I thought was going to be one of the top defensive lines in the NFL with the group that they have, they didn't show up. They hadn't been showing up. And and that's part of the problem with, with uh, Washington. It, it's, it starts with that defense, you know, with, with Sweat and all those guys, Chase Young, those guys, Allen. I mean, they need they need that defense to play really, really good football for them to be a good team. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 that just it didn't start off doing it. But but as far as on, on let's let's start offensively. Like I said, I like Hinky. I, I like McLaren. How do you say his name? McLaren? McLaurin? Yeah. McLaurin? Mm-hmm. McLaren. A, he's a baller. He's yes. a baller now. Now I've watched him on several, several, you know, occasions. And and he goes out and he he puts it out there. He is a baller. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones, I know him from from here down uh, at A and M. I remember seeing him play. You know, he he's a capable guy. They they have capable weapons, and and let's not be mistaken about that. I mean, they played the Green Bay Packers. You know, they played the uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. You know, so they lost against some teams that can put some points on the board. We are not that team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let me let me just start there. Let's just go back to two of their losses. Two of their losses was Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers, teams that are good at scoring points on a normal day. Yep. We have not proven to be that team. So 
that within itself. And we don't, we have not proven to have an OC that can call a game like those two offensive coordinators can. So, right. with that being said, this could be a closer game than you think. You know, you, you look at the Washington football team and you say, okay, this is not a good team. They're coming in on three game losing streak, da 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 da. But at the end of the day, we're comparing ourselves to some other teams that are pretty damn good. I said that that's one thing I want to say to their losing streak, their three game losing streak, the team that they're lost to. So we have to be we have to be better as far as proving that we can one. We got to block this front, man. Mm-hmm. We got to block these guys because Chase Young is a man amongst men. He's a real damn man. And, yeah. and Sweat yeah. is a real man. You know, Montez Sweat is a real man. So if you look at these guys, that's where it starts for us. We have to, I talked about dis- uh, discovering and establishing an identity. We have to prove that from a physicality standpoint, we're going to be tough. And, and this is one team that we'll know right off the bat if we're going to be tough or not because they're going to bring it. They, they do have physical players. Let me throw something else in the mix for you that may be good or bad. So Terry McLaurin didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, Antonio Gibson limited practice on Wednesday. And then Ricky Seals Jones limited practice with a quad. So they're coming in banged up just, you know, just like the Broncos. Um, those everybody's, guys are- bang- everybody's banged up right now. You know, if you go back on, uh, if you go through every team, damn near every team right now. If you go to their injury report, their top four guys look like they're banged up. I, I guarantee yeah. you that, you know, so. I put no, I put nothing onto that. McLaren's going to come out and, and play like his name. <laughs> He's going to play fast and be ready to go. <laughs> you yeah. know? Of course, I know that's not the same name, but that's what I call him. He runs <laughs> routes. He runs route and he looks like a McLaren when he's out there. He's real agile. He comes in and out. His breaks quick, fast, sharp, and he catches everything. I love the kid. And, and, and he averaged you know, 17.4 yards a catch. Last week against Green Bay, so the guy is is a, a look a big play waiting to happen. So that's the one thing we got to do. Now, one thing I was impre- impressed about. Let me go back just a little bit and give the secondary a little bit of praise. I love what I saw out of Sertain last week. Mm-hmm. Sertain balled. He he. I mean, the kid can play, man. And, yeah, and, I, and I see him settling down. I see him really getting his confidence. And going up, man, his 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 uh his bump and run, you know, his press work was impeccable last week. I mean, I, I love he got hands on guys. I, I like that. Justin Simmons came up with an interception, even though it was out of he ended up being out of bounds. The ball didn't go over his head last week. Nope. You know, that I like. So so with that being said, our secondary may be, I, you know, I'm not gonna lie, it was only one game, and it was Case Keenum. So I'm not going to give them all the pots in the world, but they played better. They played better, and, and they have to continue to get better. And this is a good team to continue to get better against because Hinky will throw the ball down the field, and McLaren is a big play waiting to happen. So that's where on defense we have to start there. We have to we have to start with those two guys. We got to stop Hinky and McLaren. We got to stop them, their little confidence and their little, little thing that they got going. We got to stop them. So we stop them first. And then it's physical, man. It's about fits. Like, once again, 
it is too late in the season for us not to be playing great scheme-wise, meaning for us not know what the hell we're doing from a scheme standpoint. Get in your gap, stay in your gap, and when you go in your gap, go in there like a mean mother, you know, in a right, dark right. Light, in a dark alley. Go in there like you got something to prove. I didn't see that. That's what we got to start doing, man. We got to start going in from a physicality standpoint. Go in there like you're angry at somebody. Go in there like you're mad. And, and, and that's where we have to start. Rain, let me ask you this because I think everybody in the NFL, I know Ron Rivera is a good coach, and a lot of people have a, a great affinity for Ron Rivera. Going into this game equal, you got Denver at home. But you got you got Vic Fangio on one side, Ron Rivera on the other, and you talked about Taylor Hinkie getting uh, his team to rally around him. Don't you think Ron Rivera kind of has that going for that team? Like you're absolutely right. They've they've gotten beat by uh, really good teams. You know the MVP took put it on them last week, but they they were always they always fought the yeah. whole way. You and, know what I mean? And that's what you see out of this team. You know, the Washington football team is just like their coach, you know, and, and that's and that's one thing that I will say sometimes that teams will have an identity like their coach, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I say that to say this. I've only I only played for four coaches in, in my you know, decade and a half. I played for Wayne Fox. I played for uh, Shanahan. I played for Dick Vermeil, and then I played for Wade Phillips. The odd man out there was Wade Phillips. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll be honest. Teams will quit on a coach when they know that he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Ooh. And I was a part of that. We quit on Wade Phillips. I don't care. Look, I'll say it. I wouldn't have said it again, but I'll say it now. We quit on Wade Phillips. We did because Wade Phillips, not, not because of Wade Phillips. Now, Wade Phillips was a great coach, great man. I love Wade Phillips to death, and I appreciate him bringing me to Denver. Changed my life. But the staff that he hired sucked. I say that with conviction. The staff that he hired sucked, <laughs> and we knew it. We knew it on offense and on defense. He hired his homeboys. As, as we would say back in the day, he hired his homeboys. You know, he went and got a college secondary coach that was his homeboy, Leon, who said one, two words. No, I'll tell you how many words Leon was saying to me. Get your hands on him. That's five words. That's all he would say. Get your hands on him. Get your hands on him. What? That's all you got for me, coach? Like, that's, that's the game plan? Get your hands on him. So he said that so much that when they would say, Leon, you got anything to say? A player would say, get your hands on them. <laughs> you know, so so we quit. We quit on. Them. We didn't we, we didn't want that staff. So I'm hoping I'm saying all that to say I'm hoping that that is not what I'm seeing from the Denver Bronco players, because when you get demoralized and you let a team run the ball down your throat, there is some quitting going on. I mean, I'm being straight with no chaser. There's some quitting going on when a team will line up and run the ball for six yards, a pop for over 20-something times down your throat. There has got to be some quitting going on. 
And, and I'm hoping I'm not seeing that right before our eyes. I'm hoping that these players have not said, we don't think Fangio, Shermer, you know, can get us to the promised land. So we're half-assing it. I'm not saying that's what's going on right now, but from the, the, the naked eye, it kind of looks that way a little bit. Well, and, and I think you said it perfect earlier. It's like, okay, maybe they've quit, but they still are making a business decision in two ways. They want to be able to put good film out there for whatever happens next. You have and, to be a professional, yes. Yes, and then yep. number two, you have to make a business decision if you're going to go ahead and like put your nose in there on, you know, yeah. let's just say Derrick Henry or at, and at this point it was Dernis Johnson, you, you know, live to fight another day, maybe. Yeah, because I, I mean, I, be, I like I said, I shoot it straight with no chaser. I've seen Justin Simmons make some business decisions mm-hmm. and, and he has he has to be better at that. I've seen him play flag football out there and that's not a good look. You know, it, it, and, I, and I'm not even talking about from how much he's getting paid. I'm just talking about from his position, from the position that you are in as a safety, you have to make tackles. That right. is your job, is to be a safety. And a safety means you are the in line. If they get past you, they're scored. So you have to make a decision. It don't have to look pretty. You don't have to go hit like Kareem Hunt. I mean, like Kareem Jackson. You don't have to go up in there like you know, Jackson is a, a, a damn beast when it comes yeah, he to hit. He will go up and hit. No, Justin, I don't expect you to do that. I'll make the prime example. We had Tyrone Braxton as, a, as our free safety. We had Steve Atwater. Steve Atwater did it one way. Tyrone did it another way. But guess what the end results were? Tackles. Yep. Tyrone made tackles. You wasn't running past Tyrone. If he had to wrap you up with his arms and, and twist his legs around your legs, you were going down. You were, you were getting down. Steve would run through you. Tyrone would make tackles. And that's what I'm saying with Justin. Justin, I don't expect you to hit like Atwater or Jackson or none of that. I expect you to get guys down. And that's a decision that he has to make better. He has to get more guys on the ground. And, and I, I have seen where he, you know, from time to time, he doesn't get guys on the ground. You got to get guys on the ground. And, and, and the same thing with the whole defense. It may look different, but the result has to be the same. I, there was a couple of times in my career where I averaged uh, 80 tackles, 70 tackles, 90 tackles one time. And I guarantee you none of my tackles looked like Steve Atwater tackles, but they were 90 tackles. You know what I'm saying? That means I got guys on the ground. I don't care yeah. what it was, what the situation was, whether it was a running back, tight end, or wide receiver. I got you on the ground. That's what we have to – that's the attitude that our players have to start taking is that we, we have to want to do that. And like I said, no coach can teach you that. That is, that is what you are inside. That is your pride. On mm-hmm. the front is the Broncos. On the back is Simmons. And it's Jackson. And it's Sertain. And it's all your family names. Stand up for your family name and, and put a better product out there. Well, and I think you said it. Your mama and them are going to be there. They're watching you. And they're watching yeah. you because of the name on the back. Exactly. Not the name on the front. Now they, they they fell in love with the name on the front because of the name on the back. Don't get yep. it twisted. Don't get it twisted. They want to see their baby name on the back, not the baby name on the front. So so that's that's what I I'm, I'm hoping that that we can put a, a better look a better product out on the field. But it starts one with the players saying, "I'm playing for my mom and them." You know. Yep. I'm playing for my mom and him, and I'm playing for the Broncos. Bring them two together because that's what I did. I'm not going to lie. 
there was only one reason why you didn't see the ball go over my head several times a year and 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 multiple times a game. Because I'd be damned if my mama was going to see me running behind somebody <laughs> two or three times a game. I'd be damned. It's not going to happen. I ain't coming home. My brother be like, damn, that dude beat you three times in one game? No, nah, it's not going to happen. So that's that's a pride thing. And, and we got we to, gotta, you know, we got to play with more pride. We got to play with more want to. And we just have to, man, I'm telling you, we just have to get it to where teams don't feel like they can stuff the ball. When a team feel like they can, I keep saying this, man, because it's the most demoralizing stat ever. When a team feels like, hey, we can line up 30 times and run the ball down their throat, you don't have a chance in hell. But that's a confident team, man. That's a very confident team. So before before I get your prediction on that, let's uh, run around the AFC West. We've got uh, Raiders uh, heading out to the Giants this week. Raiders are looking good. You know, Raiders are leading, uh, leading the AFC West right now. Derek Carr's seem to be able to rally that offense. They're looking good right now. Yeah, man, I, I like the Raiders, man. I, I even told you, I mean, a long time ago that that I thought Derek Carr was playing well. I, and I love what they're doing without the coach, man, without Gruden. You know, mm-hmm. Dave, you're talking about a team that's rallying behind, you know, the, 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 new, the new interim head coach and, and playing their butts off because that's one thing they realize that what we just spoke about. They said we, we don't care who our coach was. It, it's us. You know, it's our last name that's, that's out here performing. And I love the way they're performing. I still, I, I still believe that the Chargers are the best team in the division. I still believe that right now. I mean, the Raiders are on top, but the Chargers have only lost two games as well. So I, I still believe that the Chargers are the best team in the division. Now, as far as the Chiefs, I definitely feel the Chiefs are going to come back. You know, you can't, you can't pull dirt on them yet. You know, you can't put, put them out there for dead. Because all they need right now, I feel, of course, is to play better defense. Of course, they need that. But they also need their head in charge, which I'm talking about the quarterback. Yep. They need him to start making simple quarterback plays. See, we've pegged him up so much. Everybody's talked about he's the Messiah and, and is the dynasty this and the dynasty that. And I He's a Hall of Famer him. already. Yeah, he's already a Hall of Famer after three seasons. You know, and I believe it got to his head. I believe it got to his head because the simple quarterback play, the simple check down, the simple stay in the pocket. Every time he's trying to make a big play, it's like he wants to make a ESPN wild play every time he touches the ball instead of just playing great quarterback, which is what the other two guys that are sitting on top of him are doing. Yep. Carr and Hurt, those two guys are playing quarterback. They're not playing hero ball. They're playing quarterback. They're playing the position very well. Once he goes back to playing the position well, the Chiefs are going to creep back up in there. So I, I look at the AFC West and say the Raiders and the Chargers, they, they got a good jump with a two-game you know, lead right now. But once, once the Chiefs start to play regular football and start looking at this thing a little different, then they're, you know, then they're supposed to be making all these you know, highlight plays all the time and start just playing regular football. They're going to get back into this thing. But I, I like but, the Raiders uh, and the Chargers. 
Let me, I want to come at you with a different perspective. Back to the Chargers, Patriots heading to LA. That's going to be a test, but I like the Chargers in that one. Ray, let me, let me uh, come at you a different way because everyone's talking about Patrick Mahomes and uh, I, I agree with you 100%. I think he needs to start making the simple plays. But let me ask you this. We all know Patrick Mahomes, man. He is just a gifted athlete, number one. Super creative, exciting. I like the guy. Do you think it's possible that the rest of the Chiefs roster might have been feeling themselves a little bit and they're not doing what they did early on in Patrick Mahomes' career? Because I agree with you. I think Patrick Mahomes needs to go back to basics. But I also feel like the, the rest of that team it doesn't, it doesn't look the same anymore. I mean, anytime one guy is getting that kind of publicity and, mm-hmm. and getting that kind of love, I, I will be honest, dead ass. I told you I shoot straight with no chaser. I will be dead ass honest and say, you start to feel it a little bit because you out there busting your ass too. And you out here like, look, y'all giving him all the love like he doing all this. But I'm catching all those crazy-ass balls he's throwing. Or I'm blocking for him while he's running around doing all that crazy stuff. You know, instead of just doing the simple stuff, I got to continue to do my job. Mm-hmm. So it can rub guys the wrong way. You know, it can make make some of those other guys, you know, get a look. But, damn it, your job is to do your job. So at the end of the day, you can't even for one moment. When I used to get pissed off and, and they used to say Neil Smith and Alfred Wiz, and I'm like, Man, I'm out here covering six damn seconds. They should get to the quarterback at times. You know, I felt that way sometimes because I did. Sometimes I'm out here. I'm like, hey, I'm covering Andre Rise and Chris Cole. I'm covering all these Hall of Famers and all. But you got to do your job. Forget how you feel. Emotions, you got to, like I said, you got to have IQ, EQ, AQ, right? You got to be smart enough from an IQ standpoint to keep doing your job. And you have to have to have strong EQ, meaning your emotions. Keep your emotions out of this, man. Play football. Do your damn job. That's what the Chiefs need to do. And and Mahomes need to go back to basics and start doing the right, the regular stuff right. And that team would be back in it. And defensively, they're just not good enough. You know, I'll be honest. When I look at the Chiefs defensively, they they just don't have players in certain positions. You know, like right, right. now. Right now, from a linebacker standpoint, we don't have players. You know, we, mm-hmm. we have we have guys, but we don't have a guy I can point to and say he a dog, he a beast. We don't have that at the linebacker position. So it's Fangio is going to have to do something really well scheme wise to cover up that we don't have the the, the go to guy, but we do have guys there, and those guys, as long as they want to make tackles, scheme it up. Shit, that's what you're supposed to do. You're you're a defensive guy. Scheme it up. You know, yes. I, I'm not gonna even lie. And I, and I'm saying this from a, a little league standpoint. My son played on a 12 and under football team. Talent-wise, talent-wise, we had the worst talent in the whole league as far as defense. We had my son at the corner who was who was a really good player. We had a safety, Jamal Adams, who was a really good player. Of course, he's in the league, and, and we had one linebacker who was a really good player. Our front guys wasn't that good, so what I did, I said, look, I want you guys to do one thing for me as hard as you can. Hit this gap. 
I want your two gap and looking for no. That ball snaps, you go A gap, you go B gap, you go C gap, you go D gap. And we'll cover you guys up. You just make the plays you're supposed to make. That's what Fangio has to do. Scheme it up. Scheme it up. Where we don't have guys that can take on one guy and move him and go hit another guy, you tell that guy, you go fast as you can into this gap. Right. You know what I mean? Scheme it up. And, And I hope the fans can understand that analogy. Sometimes you just have a guy, but I can tell you what that guy can do. He understands how to get in the gap because he's old enough. He's a grown-ass man. He understands how to get in the gap full speed as hard as he can. Scheme it up. So let me correct what I said earlier. Raiders are on a bye this week. The Giants are at the Chiefs. So now we're down to the uh, Denver Broncos uh, hosting the Washington football team. And this Um, bye for the Raiders came at a good time, by the way. You know, they they won the two games after all the commotion and all the mess. And now... They can get it together. So that's going to be a dangerous team. If they use this by the correct way, it came at a perfect time. They had, you know, all of the turmoil, and they played two games, and they won both of them. Now they can get it together. You know what I'm saying? That could be a dangerous position for them and, and a good place. Yeah, and they're feeling good about themselves, and they got the week off. Ray, didn't you love getting a bye week? Did you just heal up, or were you, did you, like, do oh, stuff? Oh, man, I love it. Especially, like <laughs> you said, especially coming out, you know, for the Raiders coming off a two-game winning streak and and, 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 and having a situation you've had, then you get to relax the mind and relax the body and come back for the rest of the season. I loved it, man. And it's, like I said, it's coming right at the right time. I, I like the bye more during the halfway point. You know, I like right. playing half of the games and then getting the buy because now your body, you know, you, you really felt that I hated early buys and I hated late buys because a lot of times you got into a groove at the late part of the season, then you got to buy and it threw you off. So they got the buy right at the right time. You know, and the Broncos still have a few weeks until they're by. So, you know, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting oh, oh, a different oh. result. <laughs> So how do you think this game is going to play? I'm going to assume, Ray, that we're going to run the ball 12 times and, and you know throw what, it 40 you times. Know the first words of assume is, right? You know, you make ass out of you and me. Yeah, and I apologize to you. <laughs> I'm just assuming that it's going to be the way it has been. That's what I'm assuming. And I honestly, as a fan, just looking at this, I'm going to, pre- I'm going to assume that Pat Shermer is going to use the same scheme, and I I am going to assume that it's going to take those players in the locker room to be like, you know what, we got this crappy, you know this this crappy game plan. We're still going to go out there and win. Like, I'm tired of this. Well, you know what, and, and I, I will agree to that. But I'm going to assume something a little different. Okay, I'm going to assume that. They had the GM did say that he had this conversation yeah. with Fangio and Sherman that they had a meeting of the heart and a meeting of the mind. So we I'm call those ass- come to Jesus meetings. Exactly. I'm I'm gonna assume in that come to Jesus meeting that this GM said, Look, if you guys have any chance of keeping your job, I need to see this happen. Because if I was a GM, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm only relating this to if I was a GM. If I was a GM, I'm, I'm, I'm coming in that come to Jesus meeting saying, look, man, this BS that I've seen, I know you guys are better than this. 
I know you guys are better than this. I know you guys can coach better than this because Fangio even admitted, he admitted that it was coaching. He admitted that some of the things he saw, that we got to coach him up better. He admitted to it. So if you admitted to that as a head coach, then damn it, you got to prove it to me now. So with you, with you admitting it, as a GM, I'm telling these guys, I need to see something different. This, 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 we all knew you were fighting for your jobs, but you're fighting for your job to finish the year. Not, not fighting for your job at the end of the year. You're fighting for your job to finish the year. Because that's a come to Jesus meeting, right? Mm-hmm. A come to Jesus meeting is not, you know, hey guys, you know, we're, we're in a rough patch. No, a come to Jesus meeting mean when you leave here, you need to go pray for better results. <laughs> so at this come to Jesus meeting, I'm saying if you guys want to finish this year out, because it, it, it's one thing to get fired at the end of the season, it's another thing to get fired during the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. So, if, so if you guys want to finish this year out, I need to see something different. So I'm going to start off saying I assume that the one thing you're going to see is physicality. Right. I think I think that Shermer is going to say, hey, our identity has to be physical. And I think Fangio has to be the same way. When a team runs the ball down your throat, averaging six yards a carry, there's some physicality missing, and we have to start there. We have to out, as my coach used to say, I used to never, I didn't know what the hell it meant. We used to, we need to out physical them. We need to out physical this team. And this is a hell of a team to try to out physical because they they have some physical guys. So there, there's a physicality that I think we have to start there. And, and hopefully on both sides of the ball, we're going to go right at it. We got to start right at being physical. And let you know, let the chips fall where it may. You know, I, I I think the Broncos are going to come out this week and get a victory. It's funny because we talked a couple of weeks ago with the Raiders game. That scandal has leaked into this week with the Washington football team with Mark Davis wanting a written report and everything that's happening. But one thing that's happening there, which is different, is that they have Ron Rivera. And Ron Rivera is is isolating this, and and I think that that team's going to come out hard. But I also think that the, the Denver Broncos. I feel like, I, you know what? These players have pride. There's a lot of really good players on this team. Jerry Judy's coming back. We've got yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, maybe he can't throw it 80 yards. Who cares? Don't call that play. Right. I, I think exactly. he's a, a man of exactly. character. You and, know, and, and 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 now I will say Jerry Judy will change this offense for us. Because yep. he, he is our separation guy. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that is a route-running fool. I mean, now that is one guy that I will say already at his point of his career. He's one of the top route-runners that I've seen coming out of college and that I've seen the league. So he's a separation guy. He's going to help us a lot being able to be that guy who can, in the mid, you know, we what we were missing on offense was a guy that can create and separate at the mid-level rounds. Like, we got two guys, Tim Patrick. You know, we, we, we got Corlin Sutton who can get down the field, catch the 50-50 ball, use their sides and, 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 and catch the 50-50 ball and, and catch radius and all that. But those guys can't really separate in the mid-level rounds. I'm talking about the digs, you know, the 15-yard digs, the, the 18-15 comebacks, the, the, the mid-level slants and mid-level overs. 
Jerry Judy is that guy, the corner out. He's that mid-level guy. So we were missing that guy. So with him coming back, it's going to help Tim Patrick and Sutton get open on the things that they do best. We just need to call those type of plays. We need to use Sutton and uh, I mean, we need to use Sutton and Tim Patrick to shield guys. You know, use them as the big body shield guys, catching slants and, and, and catching quicker routes, so they can make you know use their physicality to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Guys, and I'm telling you because I know we don't like to tackle those big ass receivers when they get the ball in their hands at six, seven, eight yards, and they get a full head of steam. I don't want to tackle Chris Carter that way. I don't want to tackle him when he's running with the ball like that. That's what I used to say. Guys are saying that we're not giving Sutton and Patrick those opportunities, and that's what Sherman needs to do. And now with, with Jerry Judy back being that mid-level separation guy, I think that's going to help the team a lot. Are you feeling the Broncos' victory, or are you going to make a I'm, call? I'm, I'm feeling the Broncos' victory, man, and, I, and I'm feeling it because, once again, that come to Jesus mean I, I just really feel – that these coaches have to, have to, have to put their best foot forward. I, don't get me wrong. Of course, they should have done that already. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. But but at the end of the day, I just feel that now, being right now, we know what we have. We know who we are. And, and Fangio has to look at, at, his, you know, at his personnel and say, we don't have this guy at this position. We don't have this guy at this position. So we got to scheme it up, put the pressure on the guys that can handle it. You know, and, and I used mm-hmm. to say that, excuse me, I used to say that all the time to Greg Robinson. And don't take this the wrong way. There was nothing, you know, against Darian Gordon or, or whoever the other corner was on right. the other side. I take nothing from those guys. But I used to say, if there is a time that you're going to play, man, put it on me. Oh. Put them in zone. Let them play zone. Put man on me. If you want to win, put man on me. So that's what Fangio has to do. Fangio has to look at the guys that we have and say, I'm going to put this pressure on him. I'm going to put the pressure on him. I'm going to put the pressure on him. And I'm going to let him just go play football. Scheme it up. You know what I mean? Scheme it up. And, and that's what you have to do as a good coordinator, as a good coach. Scheme it up. You know what you have. Certain, I'm going to put the pressure on you. You got to man up. You know? We brought and he you will. Here. And, and he will. Now, the other side, Darby, I might let you play some cover two or, or, or let you play some cover three or change up quarters or something, you know? He made but a I'm, couple of tackles this week. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm just saying, as a coach, scheme <laughs> it up, man. And Fangio, you're supposed to be that type of coach. You got to show it. Donatel, I know you know how to scheme it up. You've done it many a times with us in the past. You can do it again. So, you know, I, go ahead. No, I just said so. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna assume that that's what that come to Jesus meeting was about, and 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 then you know we had some cuts this week too. You know, yeah. we, we 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 let go of some guys, and so that the GM has shown that he he's gonna make some decisions. So I I would have to say in that come to Jesus meet, he probably told them that they're gonna force his hand to make a decision that he doesn't want to make. But if if it keeps going like this, he's gonna have to. I, let me tell you what my vision of that meeting was. It was similar to yours. But my vision was, hey, coach, you need to get out of the player's way and let them play. Do your job. Hey, I mean, <laughs> I, that because that I feel sense. like he's holding him back a little bit. I don't know. Like, 
You know, Ray, I've never been an NFL player or a coach, but when I look at these players, they just look frustrated. That's all. They they just look frustrated. And and that's what I meant by, yeah, that's what I meant by players who quit. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's how we were with Wade Phillips. We were just frustrated. And by week 12, you know, it took longer, you know, for (laughs) us. But, you know, Wade Phillips, that was his first year as a head coach. So we had to see what what this was going to be like. And believe me, it showed up quick for us. We was like, nah, this this is this not it. It's not it. So so we figured it out quick. So now for Fangio, man, you know, I just I don't want I don't want it to get to that point because I'm telling you, when it gets to that point, it's it's ugly for, for everybody involved. And when when the team quits, you know, when the players quit, it's ugly for the fans, ugly for the coaches, ugly for the players. It so is. This has to be a like you said, that come to Jesus meeting. We have to see a better performance, a better effort. And, and it starts with physicality. We have yes. to come out and be more physical and, and show the other team that we're willing, able, and capable of being more physical. Well, Ray, good stuff, man. How can people find you on social? I'm at SlickPick639 on Twitter and Croc39 on Instagram. Still building up my following. Hey, I, I appreciate you guys, Bronco Country. I've been getting more follows every week. And, and if you like this straight with no chaser talk, keep following us because I'm going to give it to you straight with no chaser. You know what, man? And that tweet you do like in the mornings, man, is good stuff, buddy. I love oh, it. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. appreciate yeah. it. Hey, yeah. look, I, I am nothing without that man upstairs. And Amen. I, I say it loud and I say it clear and I say it proud. Every day that the God look, that God lets my feet hit the ground, devil, look out. I'm coming for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you can follow me on Chris Braden Live. Good stuff again, Ray. Let's, uh, you know, we both call, you know what? The Broncos are going to get a freaking victory this week, Ray. They are. They are. Dang they it. Are. They they have to. And and, and and it's time. It's past time. So let's, let's, let's look. Let's put it in the air. They, they will get the victory. Yep. And they're going to look better doing it. That's the key. Look better doing it. Yeah, do it with some swag, right? Yeah, that's, that's okay, it. right? That's it. Yes. <laughs> I love Good that. Stuff, man. All, All right, right I'll talk to you next week. All right, later. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.